This podcast is made possible by thousands of dedicated listeners just like you. Be a part of this powerful three-decade legacy of evangelization by visiting materdayradio.com or downloading the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for joining us on the bridge between your faith and everyday life. Jesus said, My sheep hear my voice. I know them, and they follow me. I give them eternal life, and they shall never perish. Speaking to his flock in the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon, we join Archbishop Alexander Sample as he reflects upon our faith, culture, and life in the church on The Voice of the Shepherd. Joining Archbishop Sample is your host, Dina Marie Hale. And now, The Voice of the Shepherd. Greetings and welcome to The Voice of the Shepherd. I'm Dina Marie Hale, and with Archbishop Alexander Sample, we welcome you back to our program and entering into the season of Lent, a beautiful transition in the church. And Archbishop, here we go with another beautiful season to focus on the heart of Christ, to imitate Mm -hmm. Jesus, and as you say, Jesus changes everything. Absolutely, he should. (laughs) If we've had that encounter with him, it it really should change everything. Yeah, and so let's look this week at some of the ways we come together as community Mm -hmm. in smaller groups, Mm -hmm. certainly as our family, our parish, but there's invitations to grow in a smaller Mm -hmm. community, to reflect on the Word of God, to reflect on our vocation. How do we live this out? How do I bring Christ into our daily lives? So with that, would you lead us in prayer? Certainly. In the name of the Father and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we embark upon this great Lenten pilgrimage toward the Easter mysteries, we ask you to pour out your Holy Spirit upon your people to guide us during this holy time. We ask you to pour out that Spirit on all of our listeners to this program that you would stir in their hearts uh, a desire to grow closer to you each day. So we place this time, Father, in your hands, asking you to lead us and guide us. And all this we ask through your Son, Christ our Lord. Amen. O Mary, conceived without sin, pray for us who have recourse to thee. In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Well, as the church has turned into a new season, there are so many opportunities to come together on a regular basis to reflect. And I thought we'd look a little bit about some of those practices. What's working as we come mm-hmm. together Bible studies. I've heard so many men's groups, women's groups, young people's groups. I mean, people coming together to share their faith, to grow deeper in their faith. But let's go back to the tradition of Christianity. You know, how how Jesus taught us to come together. This is an isolated faith. We don't do this on our own. There's something about being in communion, being with community that we learn, we grow, we maybe challenge one another or hold one another accountable for how we live and reflect the life of Christ. Yes, I think, you know, I think it's something important to realize that uh, from the beginning, Jesus never intended that our relationship with him would be just an individual relationship separate uh, from other people. Certainly, I would hope and, and would want every person to have that personal relationship with Jesus Christ, to, to really have had a personal encounter with him, so that, that Jesus is very real for me each day as I go about my, my daily living, that Jesus is not just an abstract person or an abstract idea, but that, that Jesus is as real to me as, as the other 
uh, people that are important in my life and, and even more real. So, yes, we need that individual relationship, but Christ never intended us to live our relationship with him in isolation from other people. And this is, this is clearly the example that we, we read about in the New Testament. You know, Jesus himself calls to himself disciples, and from the disciples he calls forth the twelve to be his apostles and first bishops, really. And, and he associates them more closely with himself. He builds a community of that smaller group. And we read in the, in the, uh, in the, in the Acts of the Apostles, we read in the letters of St. Paul and the other pastoral epistles, we read about the, what the life of the early church was like. And it was, it was gathering together. It was gathering together to be the, the body of Christ. We are the mystical body of Christ. So it's always meant to be in communion and community. And it, this, is, this is also, though, the tradition of, of all of God's relations with his people. From the earliest times, we see recorded even in the Old Covenant, in the Old Testament, that God calls a people to himself. Mm-hmm. Yes, he empowers and, 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 and anoints certain individuals within the community, but God has called to himself a people, the people of the covenant. And, and really, the history of our faith is a history of covenants, you know, the uh, series of covenants throughout the Old Testament and the culminating covenant, the new and eternal covenant in Christ Jesus. But it's always with a people. And so uh, we, we, have to, we have to always come together, uh, and we're never really complete in our practice and living of the faith if we're not in community and communion with each other. Right. Right. And when we look at our church community, we have our parish, we have a parish priest, we have community, we also have our family, right? Husband and wife, the head of the household, the domestic, that, church. The domestic church, it really starts from there. But give us a sense of that, the smaller community mm-hmm. and, and the hierarchy, so to speak, or just the roles in which we play within this church community. Well, I think, I think one of the things we need to really think about seriously in these days, especially is I, I think we need to look beyond the gathering of the whole community, if you will, at Sunday Mass. I mean, certainly gathering together at Sunday Mass is, is, is key and important, and gathering on the Lord's Day, uh, as the Church has always done from the earliest times, uh, is very important. But I think we need to look beyond that, because I think in this day and age, especially with all of the complexities of life, with all of the challenges that, that are before us, with all of the, the struggles that we deal with in life these days, which are very, very complex, the, trying to live our faith and be faithful to Christ in the midst of this, this secular culture that we're literally swimming in, where we are immersed, we're swimming in waters that are really foreign to our, our faith. We need to look deeper and, and look beyond parish gatherings. And I think that's where these smaller gatherings mm-hmm. of faithful can be extremely helpful and fruitful. Yeah, we can call them whatever we want. Uh, we're going to be actually moving forward here in the archdiocese. And as we continue this, this new effort at evangelization, we're going to be encouraging what we're going to call like home groups. Mm-hmm. So what we mean by this is smaller gatherings of the faithful in people's homes, like the early Christians did, yeah. really. I mean, we in the Acts of the Apostles, they used to gather in each mm-hmm. other's homes. So we want, we want people to gather together in smaller groupings 
in order to grow together in faith with each other, in supporting one another, as you, as you said a moment ago, uh, Dina Marie, that we need support, quite honestly. And I, I, don't want it, I don't want it to simply sound like a support group or, or a 12-step group or, or anything like that. But I, quite honestly, we need support. I need support. Mm-hmm. I need support. I'm actually, I'm actually tied into, if you will, three different groupings of bishops in the, the United States. There are three different gatherings of bishops and small groups that I am a part of these days. And I draw tremendous strength from those gatherings where I can come together with my brothers. We can share our struggles. We can share our, our personal journeys in faith with our Lord. Uh, we can share our frustrations. We can uh, help each other by, by giving advice and counsel to each other. We can encourage one another. Uh, once in a while, we can be challenged by another or corrected, you know, if our thinking is a little bit off and, and you know, and we're, you know, not, not well, not thinking straight. Mm-hmm. Um, it's extremely helpful. And I think this is what people need today. Uh, I think we need to gather in small groups to, to help support one another, encourage one another, teach one another, uh, challenge one another, love one another, evangelize one another. And my hope actually would be, because listen, evangelization happens in many different ways and in many different venues and at different uh, scales, if you will. But I think the most effective way is are those personal one-on-one interactions between people. Uh, I see this all, all the time, even in my life as the archbishop. I mean, I, I'm not always in, in a big public setting. I'm very often in small, intimate settings, and even in settings where, you know, I'm not gathering necessarily with, with fellow believers but I'm gathering with people mm-hmm. and who know who I am and it opens doors for conversation. So I think in these, in the, whether these home groups or these, these gatherings, these smaller gatherings, I think we need to invite people into these gatherings who maybe not aren't, uh, they, maybe they're not Catholic. Maybe they're kind of lukewarm in their faith. Maybe they have fallen away from the practice of their faith. But we need to invite them into these settings, in these smaller settings to evangelize, not to, pressure them and not to beat up on them or not to lecture to them, but to care about them, to show that we love them, that we want to, we want to be with them. We just want to be their friends. You know, that this is a very important concept is we need to befriend people and we need to show them that there's somebody who just loves them for who they are and yes, where they're at. But inviting folks into these intimate settings where they can find uh, a safe friendship, where they can find acceptance, welcome, understanding, uh, they, then, then we can lead them and we can show them and demonstrate to them the love of God and the mercy of God and, 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 and spark in them that, that deep desire and hunger uh, for God on, on, a whole new, on a whole new level. So I, I, I just think these smaller gatherings, whether it's faith-sharing groups, whether it's Bible study groups, 
uh, whether it's you know parenting groups, whether it's groupings of young adults. Uh, I know a number of, of of gatherings, for example, of young adults. Mm-hmm. You know, because you know nobody understands a young adult like another young adult, right. and right. the struggles, especially for young people mm-hmm. in 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 our culture today, and especially in in this part of our country in the Pacific Northwest, especially in the in the metropolitan areas, it's very challenging for young people to be living and practicing their faith. So they need each other, and and gosh, you just see such incredible things happening when when people gather and share faith and share their journey uh, and share their love for the Lord. Uh, man, it's just, it's, it's wonderful to see. Yeah. And Archbishop, as you talk about these home groups, I think about as we're just entering the Lenten season, it's a wonderful opportunity to to have, okay, we've got so many weeks of Lent. Right. We have these opportunities to reflect on Scripture, maybe to look at some of the different practices, but give us a sense of maybe some of the formats, some different ways for people to get started. I know the parish is the way to support with educational materials, maybe a particular Scripture study, but just what are some of your ways in which to look at yeah, this? Yeah, I, I think that a, a, a great way to start, it, at least, is is to find some sort of thing to guide you know, our gatherings so that they don't just become, you know, just completely social gatherings. I mean, there's nothing wrong with that. Right. You know, I mean, believe me, there there should be a great social aspect mm-hmm. of it. And I don't, I don't, I don't, I, I this is going to sound strange. I, it depends on, I guess, what people really want. Uh, for people who are very deep in their faith, very secure in their faith, very, very uh, strong in the practice of their faith, yes, maybe it is a more catechetical learning kind of an experience where, yeah, we want, just want to go deeper, we want to go deeper, and everybody here is on board, and we just want to learn more, you know, so it can become maybe very catechetical or instructional. Well, that might work for some groups, right? But think again about that person mm-hmm. who's a little bit far away who maybe isn't so much into their faith, if you will, who maybe have some issues and problems actually with the practice of their faith, maybe because of their own living situation or their state in life uh, or their struggles, or, you know, maybe uh, they've just, you know, become lukewarm and, or maybe they've got some issues with the church. Who knows? You know, you're not going to take that person and insert them into a very scholarly Bible study, perhaps, uh, because they're not ready for that. What they're what they're ready for is friendship, mm-hmm. love, mm-hmm. acceptance. Uh, you know, people that will walk with them, accompany them. I love you know that Pope Francis keeps talking about accompaniment. We need to accompany people on their journey and kind of meet them where they are, and then lead them deeper in, into a relationship with Christ. So yes, for some groups, maybe it's going to be very instructional. You know, there's there's great Bible study programs out there. Ascension Press mm-hmm. has got tremendous resources for these kinds of gatherings. The Augustine Institute uh, and Be Formed uh, has, has got a great program that is available through our parishes, you know, to, for groups to participate in. Bible study uh, of other forms, or maybe just, you know, uh, it could be something as simple, especially, you know, if, if starting during Lent. And that's, that's, that's one of the things that we can use. We can use a season like Lent to springboard Mm-hmm. Something like this. Okay, okay, we're going to do this for Lent, all right? But then we hope that it continues beyond Lent. Yes. Well, maybe we'll continue this into the Easter season. And then when the Easter season is over and Pentecost comes, then we say, you know, this has been wonderful. Let's just keep doing this mm-hmm. and gathering, whether it's a weekly basis or bi weekly basis or, you know, a monthly, whatever it is. 
So, but a great way to start, just like I say during Lent, uh, might be to gather and as a group read over the scripture readings for the upcoming Sunday. And just talk about them. You know, what? pray. Pray with them. Just you know, read them and then have everybody just take some time to pray and ask, well, what is the Holy Spirit stirring in your heart? What is the Holy Spirit saying to you? And then just share your insights uh, about how this is speaking to you in your life where you are at today. You know, we have to be careful in, in those sorts of uh, venues, especially when we're studying the scriptures, that you know, uh, you know, there's a certain way of interpreting and reading the scriptures, and it can't be just a free-for-all, mm-hmm. you know, in, in the sense that, you know, we need some guidance in our understanding of the scriptures. So, you know, I've, I've, I've been in situations like that when, you you know, somebody reads a scripture or has an interpretation of scripture that's way off base, you know, and, and the church has guidance. That's why the church is all—or the scriptures are already read in the communion of the church uh, who helps us interpret. But on a personal level, and we've all experienced that as well— you know, the Word can speak very deeply to us in our own situation where we're at right now, uh, struggles we may be having right now, and we find some word of encouragement or comfort or challenge in, in the Word of God. You know, and, and during Lent, we've got, the, for the RCIA, we've got those great, mm-hmm. great readings and, and <clears throat> some of those Gospels that we reflect on, you know, the, the man born blind, the woman at the well. Uh, you know, these are, are, are great, uh, uh, deep, uh, reflections on our faith that we can we can turn to. Uh, there's great again Ascension Press has some great series on, on on church history. You know you've got Father Mike Schmitz out there doing the Bible in a year. Now he's doing the Catechism mm-hmm. in a year. You know there's so many resources that can be used. I, I but I would I would really caution people, you know to to be able to to kind of meet people where they are, and not make it. Quite honestly, not make it too heavy. I know yeah. that sounds maybe counterintuitive. Uh, again, depending on the group and the nature of the group and who's in the group, but I think, I think for, again, this is a, if we're talking about evangelization, we're we're trying to bring people into a deeper relationship with the Lord in the church through these groups. Um, we need to to have it non-threatening that maybe that's a good way to put it mm-hmm. i know it sounds crazy well how what could be threatening about the faith but you know sometimes people do feel very inadequate they feel very threatened they can feel um you know very put off you know if there's too much pressure you know too much preaching at them too much arm twisting if you will i, I don't know what words to put to it uh, in other words people need kind of an environment to be able to enter into with other people where they, they, they simply find, as I said before, friendship, love, acceptance, interest, just to talk to them about their life. You know, this is one of the things my dear mother, God rest her soul, she taught me this. Uh, and, and she said she could, she could strike up a relationship with somebody, you know, uh, sitting on a park bench, you know, and, and, and in five, ten minutes she'd be friends with these people and know a lot about them. And I asked her, kind of, you know, you, we, we joke, we actually would joke with her about it and say, Mom, we walk away for 10 minutes and we come back and <laughs> right. you've got, you know, a new best friend, you know. Mm-hmm. How, how, and she told me, she said, just be interested in people. Mm-hmm. Be interested in them. Ask them about themselves. Ask them about their life. Ask them about what's going on. Ask them how they're doing. Listen to them. And just just be open to them. That I think is 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 a great great life lesson that I, I learned from my mother. Take a real interest in other people and where they're at and what their needs might be, and then you know and then try to just be there for them. 
and let them be, let them go at their own pace, you know. Uh, so I think you know it can happen on different levels. Again, people that really want to go deeper in their faith, and maybe you get a group together that's just an on fire group of Catholics that we're going to tackle the Book of Revelation, mm-hmm, <laughs> you know, mm-hmm. uh, and it's we're going to go deep with this or in, in church history or something. But I think uh, what's really needed today are home groups where good, solid Christian believers, Catholic believers, can invite others into the home, into the, the, the friendship of the group, people that maybe aren't where we're at, but could be, mm-hmm. uh, if we'll just love them uh, and, and, and befriend them and, and introduce them to Jesus. Right. And it sounds like, Archbishop, the key is building relationships, Absolutely. one person by another. It's not necessarily how much I know and understand, and but do I really know who you are? Do I really love you for who you are? And I get that through my relationship with Christ. Mm-hmm. Um, and those can be built. They start in the domestic church in our homes. We start to learn that caring for one another and that self-sacrifice is all about our relationships. Although we're pretty much focused on ourselves in this culture, yeah. we fight that. Um yeah, that ego. It really it is. It all it is all about relationships, because that's what our faith is about. It's about our relationship with God. I mean, God created us for a relationship. When you really, when it comes down to it, God created the human person, male and female. He created them in His own image and likeness. He created them, but He created the human person of all the earthly material creation. We are the only creature that he created that can have a relationship with him. Uh, we're setting aside the spiritual realities of the, of the angelic beings. But in terms of the visible material creation, the human person is the only creature that God has made for relationship. A relationship with him first, but then a relationship with each other that reflects uh, you know, our love for God. And so... You know, our whole faith is based on that relationship that God wishes to enter into with us in his son Jesus, and he's redeemed us. You know, the old the old Baltimore catechism question right, and answer, right. why did God make you? God made you to know him, to love him, and to serve him in this world so that we can be happy with him forever in the next. So to know and love God, this is a, it's about a relationship. The Trinity, God is a relationship, <laughs> You know, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit in an eternal relationship of love with each other is reflected then in God's relationship with us, in our human relationships, especially our familial relationships. The love of husband and wife with children is a reflection of Trinitarian love. I mean, it's all about relationships. And this is how we bring people to Christ, is we bring them into a relationship. They experience a relationship with us someone who cares about them and loves them and welcomes them and befriends them in order then that we can introduce them to the one whom we have come to know and to love, Jesus. Right. And in that developing of a relationship, Archbishop, there's a commitment. There's We build trust. No, absolutely. We, we break down barriers. Um, but I think the building of the trust absolutely, and we have to commit to one another versus my own time. Oh, I'm just so concerned about what I need to do versus there's a 
there's a larger family that the Lord is calling me to serve, to be concerned about the other. I think that's part of my Lenten thought is, boy, how can I continue to focus outward Mm -hmm. versus inward? And these home groups help us to foster that kind of lifestyle. You, You bring up that word trust, and that is so, so true. We need to build into these smaller gatherings, whether it's home group, Bible study group, Mm -hmm. women's group, men's group, uh, whatever it is. We need to, it has to be built on trust. People have to know that they are in a situation where they can be vulnerable with each other uh, and where they can trust each other, that this is a safe place for me to bring where my struggles are. Mm -hmm. And if I'm struggling in my faith, if I'm struggling in my relationship with the Lord, if I'm struggling in my uh, my ability to live out the gospel message, I have to have a place where maybe I can come and share that struggle with others who are fellow pilgrims on the way and who aren't going to judge me right. and who aren't going to you know lecture me, but are going to understand where I'm at and love me and encourage me and give me advice and 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 pray for me. You know, I can tell you, you know, back to the, these little three different groupings of bishops that I relate to in one way or another, there's one small grouping, uh, it's only four of us bishops, and we went on a retreat uh, together a year, year and a half ago now uh, with Dr. Bob Shooks and the John Paul II Healing Center. The four of us continue to meet by Zoom with four uh, members of that retreat team, so eight of us, on Zoom twice a month. Mm-hmm. We come in by Zoom, and we share stuff with each other in our journey that I, I, in the past, quite honestly, would only share with my spiritual director. I find myself, and I I see the others doing it as well, sharing where we're at in our struggle and our journey, uh, deep stuff that, um, you know, in the past, I've only shared with my spiritual director. It's that personal and, and deep and private. But because I trust mm-hmm. those other bishops who are now some of my dearest and closest friends and the other men that are part of this, this group, uh, uh, that's what I'm talking about here, a place where we can, can really let our hair down, if you will, let our defenses down, be vulnerable with each other, share our, our struggles and our journey with each other. So that we can, I, 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 people I think would just be so edified if they could hear uh, the encouragement that we give to one another and the understanding that we give to each other. You know, that, that when I share something or one of the other bishops says, let's say, share something that's deeply personal, you know, there's no, there's no, uh, you know, discomfort in that because I know that these other people love me and care about me and are, are going to give me a word of encouragement, are going to pray for me, are going to give me some good advice, are going to reflect something back that they heard me say that's going to help me. You know, this is, this is the kind of thing that I think really would, 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 would transform the face of the church. Yeah. Well, let's continue to pray for the Holy Spirit's work in developing these communities, these home groups, these opportunities for us to love one another, serve one another, and bring people closer to Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. And with that, would you help us close with your blessing? Yes. And through the intercession of the Blessed Virgin Mary, may the blessing of Almighty God, the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit come down upon all of you, your families, your loved ones, your friends, your home groups, and be with you this day and forever. Amen.
Amen. And thank you all for joining us on The Voice of the Shepherd for Archbishop Alexander Sample. I'm Dina Marie Hale. Until our next encounter, may you have a blessed week. You've been listening to The Voice of the Shepherd with Archbishop Alexander Sample, a production of the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon. To subscribe to this podcast and access to all of our past shows, visit moderndayradio.com. Please email your comments and questions for the show to info at archdpdx.org. Learn more about the Archdiocese of Portland in Oregon online at archdpdx.org. Peace be with you. If you enjoyed this podcast, please consider sharing it with a friend. You can support this vital mission of evangelization through materdayradio.com or the Hail Mary Media app. And thank you for helping us lead souls to Jesus through the Blessed Virgin Mary.